1: Or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.
2: Welcome to Fantasy Football Weekly, a production of iHeartRadio.
1: Time now for Fantasy Football Weekly from iHeartRadio. Your weekly source for the nation's best fantasy speculation and advice. Now, along with the guys from guillotineleagues.com. Here's your host... Paul
2: Welcome to Fantasy Football Weekly, our final preseason show. In fact, it's so final that at the end of this show, we are going to give you our style of fantasy football preview for the Thursday game. Kansas City against Houston. Doesn't even seem real, Charge. It doesn't seem real. We're, we're down to a matter of days and hours before the season starts. That the is the voice of Matt Harrison. Longest. Off-season slash preseason (laughs) Ever. Ever. (laughs) Exactly. That is the voice of Brian Johnson, my co-host today. Welcome to the show. There's tons of great stuff to get to as we near the beginning of the season. We're going to highlight the training camp battle resolutions that we highlighted at the beginning of the year. We went through all the NFL teams and said, here's the training camp battles we're watching. Now, we're going to tell you who won them all. We'll do that. We will go through three tough tough questions, as we always do. We'll tell you the one thing you need to know about every team based on the entire preseason. If there was one thing that you needed to know from all 32 teams, here's the one thing you needed to take away from the preseason. Perfect for those of you that haven't been following closely, and now you want a quick catch-up on what's happened with each of the teams. We'll do that as well. Uh, Identify guys that we think you should trade for in October. Not now. Not now. Guys that we're worried about now, but we think by the time October rolls around, some players you'll want to identify, put on your radar now. We'll, uh, we'll break down the Thursday night game and release our final sleepers of the year.
0: In other words, guys you don't want to draft this weekend <laughs> yeah. and trade for them <laughs> trade in October. Later. It's, it's no, very right. actionable in that way. Do not, you're is. not going to want to draft these guys based on their ADP.
2: Correct. As we start every show... We go through and highlight some of the key news items from the past week that fantasy players care about. And as established last week, we lead every show with any available good news about Zach Moss. Okay. And that's how I want to start. Do it. The Buffalo's not even my team. I don't care. The most important thing is... Uh, Fumbling could cost Devin Singletary the lead role. Uh, I think
0: that role has already been costed. But uh and uh, yeah, already Zach Moss expect expected to be uh, heavily involved in the in the, the pass game. Mm-hmm. He's a, a, a five tool back, runs through you, around you, under you, under, other you, under uh, yeah, five ways over, to go around you around the tree, he, through he, your he, soul.
2: <laughs> like there is
0: legit bell cow potential out of the gates there for is. Zach Moss.
2: Yep, it's just a matter of when, baby. Zach Moss. Let's uh let's go to some of the other teams from around the league, including the panthers matt pretty quiet in carolina although ian
3: thomas is day-to-day with a toe injury and that could be an issue if you planned on starting him week one against the raiders but uh, i don't think a lot of people are planning on starting ian thomas no, right now he's going
2: to be your bi-week fill-in guy i think uh, brian let's go to the raiders uh,
0: Tyrell Williams placed on injured reserve with a torn labrum. He's done for the year, but they yep. still have about seven or eight wide receivers on roster. We'll talk about them, uh, the a Raiders, later. more later. Okay.
2: Yeah. Uh, for the Packers, Green Bay Media expects Robert Tanyan to open the season as the team's starting tight end. He's a former wide receiver with lots of room to grow, but I think he's way off the fantasy radar until he proves himself to be a meaningful part of this offense. It's been a long time since we've had a Green Bay Packer tight end as a material fantasy producer. Not in Aaron Rodgers' career, no, right? Like, we got to go like to Mark Chimura. Yeah. It's been a, it's it's been a it's long the time. The Brett Favre era, for yeah, sure. I think so. Let's go to the Washington football team, Matt. Uh,
3: they happened to release this uh, running back this morning. His name was Adrian Peterson. Uh, we'll dig into that positional battle in a few minutes, though. Sounds good. Uh,
0: Brian, the Cleveland Browns. Rashard Higgins looks uh, locked into the number 3 role at wide receiver for Cleveland. Uh, Cleveland now has uh, cornerback Greedy Williams nursing a a shoulder injury. They already lost second-round pick Grant Delpit, uh, who is a safety for the season. But they acquired... Excuse me, from Jacksonville. I don't know how Jacksonville has players left to trade. Uh, safety Ronnie Harrison. But that, that secondary is a little dinged up for Cleveland. Mm-hmm. Makes uh, That's interesting from a fantasy perspective.
2: There's the going to be some Cleveland shootouts coming. Yeah,
0: well, and We're going to talk more about the Browns as well. And <laughs> Funny
3: thing, camp, so. I'm going to highlight a few players on Jacksonville who are still going to be traded, I
2: think, <laughs> <laughs> later in the show. They might go Dolphins on this season. Oh, they are, for yeah. sure. Uh, the Texans are next. Houston media gushing over tight end Jordan Akins, calling him, quote, the most improved veteran. He'll need to overcome Darren Fells, who the team liked enough to re-sign in the offseason. Aikens believed to be the better receiver, but Fells had seven touchdowns last year, all from the red zone. Let's go to Tampa Bay, Matt.
3: Well, there are also a few running back moves this week, but Brian's going to talk about that next segment. Also, we have a kicker winner. We do. Ryan Suckup won the kicking job in Tampa and should likely be treated as a top five kicker. For all of you in kicker leagues.
2: Yes, of which there's dwindling numbers in kicker yeah. leagues. But uh, the Tampa Bay kicker is a primo spot to be. Absolutely. It's all about how many times you swing the leg, not how good a kicker you actually are. Let's go to Brian and the New York Jets.
0: Uh, jet second round. Uh, Pick wide receiver Denzel Mims uh, with a hamstring injury. Finally returned to practice on Wednesday. It was the first time he had practiced since uh, training camp started. But he is really not going to be too relevant in redraft
2: leagues. No, not for a while anyway. It's an unfortunate start to his career. For the Colts, one of my favorite sleepers, Paris Campbell, returned to practice from his concussion. He'll be in the starting lineup week one against the Jaguars. And I will tell you right now, he is going to be my premature speculation player. In next week's show. Okay. Paris Campbell, as he is going to be facing off against the Jaguars defense. Let's go to the Detroit Lions, Matt. DeAndre
3: Swift, still limited in practice with a leg injury, has not practiced in full for over a week. Mm. That has to put his week one status in a little bit of doubt. It
2: does, unfortunately. Um, And many of us optimistic that he's going to quickly uh, become the starter there, but probably not in week one. Don't know what it is about Detroit running backs. And injuries. Holy cow. Broncos. Brian.
0: Another rookie wide receiver with intriguing long-term potential, KJ Hamler, uh, could potentially start the year on injured reserve as well for Denver. So a a slight bump for Jerry Judy and Cortland Sutton.
3: You know, guys, I was going to mention this later in the show, and we haven't really talked about injured reserve this year, but the NFL changed all the rules on injured reserve. You only have to be on IR for three weeks. And they have unlimited spots coming back this year. Yeah. So IR is way different than than years past, right. and mm-hmm. you can treat it as such, especially if you have IR designations in your it's, league.
2: It's a great point. In many leagues, there are there, the rule is if once a player goes on IR, he doesn't come off IR mm-hmm. uh, because the player doesn't come off IR. But it, they, we need to be able to account for that in every fantasy league. Great point. Vikings starting left tackle Riley Reef took a pay cut and will stay with the team. This is fantasy relevant because at one point we thought he was going to leave, and it would have shuffled the deck on that offensive line in a a variety of horrifying ways. And so I think this can... uh, (laughs) A variety of horrifying ways. (laughs) Well, yeah. You're starting right tackle, who's really good, was going to have to go to left tackle, where he had never played before, and potentially a guy who's never played right tackle would have had to start there. It Mm -hmm. would have been bad. So I think this helps uh, salvage some normalcy for Dalvin Cook and the rest of that offense. Let's go to the Seattle Seahawks. Matt. Josh Gordon signed with Seattle again.
3: Now, he has not been cleared to play by the NFL now are we sure he makes the team by the way Metcalf and Lockett are clearly ahead of him on the depth chart but also David Moore Philip Dorsett and the recently signed Paul Richardson yeah. who's an old Seattle favorite are all there and Gordon scored one touchdown through 11 games last year
2: don't take Josh Gordon no, guys don't God. take him The people still, I keep thinking the people that are reliving 2013 are now so old that they're dying and wouldn't be drafting him anymore and remembering the good old days of that one good year that he had. Man, give it up on that guy.
0: Brian, let's go to the Dolphins. Let's have a pity party for Miami really quick. They managed to trade Kalen Balaj to the Jets for more than a bologna sandwich, (laughs) and he fails the physical and is reverted back to Miami yeah. I'm pretty sure his key card didn't work upon uh, no, his return kidding. but uh, that's about <laughs> it know. for the Dolphins right
2: now uh for the Saints Alvin Kamara continues to practice as the team works on a new deal for him it sounds like something will probably get done here uh and Kamara says he's not planning to hold out anyway but more importantly guys and nobody's talking about this why did Alvin Kamara have to get a cortisone shot a few days ago I mean, what's happened in this long off season, right? So he misses. You know, last year he plays through all of these injuries, and mm-hmm. God love him for playing through the injuries. Has this has a, a very disappointing season? He rolls in now. It's eight months later, coming off of a, a training camp with no contact, and he's already getting cortisone shots. Why? Sounds is, Todd Gurley esque, right there. I don't like this. Yeah, it's dicey. I, I'm telling. I, I Camara, concern. I'm more concerned about that than I am about the contract. Yeah. Something something that bears monitoring. Let's go to the Philadelphia Eagles, Matt. Briefly, Miles Sanders,
3: supposedly on track for week one. That's a good thing. Let's hope it holds that way. Yeah.
0: Brian, Patriots. Uh, big news, Damian Harris, who was looking to take the lead rollback for uh, mm-hmm. New England, uh, could miss the, the first couple weeks with a with a hand injury. Uh, had surgery on his pinky finger. So, again, that backfield is uh, now we're looking at Sony Michelle Rex Burkhead, my boy Lamar Miller, but uh, that's that's big news for Damian Harris. He's yeah. not going to play the first week, probably not the second week either.
2: Somehow you are under the delusion Lamar Miller's not going to be cut. That's the that's the impressive part of that, I think. Well, he's no Adrian Peterson yet. Uh, Steelers, I've got three nuggets from local reporters. First, Benny Snell locked in as the number two running back. We'll talk more about him later in the show. Uh, number two, after a moribund training camp, Juju Smith-Schuster finally popped in practice this week on Monday. It was the first time he looked anywhere near his, his form from 2018. And number three, Eric Ebron's been impressing. He's been outrunning linebackers and safeties, getting open, and it looks like Eric Ebron is going to be a factor in this offense. Ebronitron. I'm so surprised that you're
3: talking about Eric Ebron in positive ways. Let's go to the Cowboys, Matt. Amari Cooper has been either a limited or non participant in
2: practice for mm. four straight days. Mysterious. That is mm. well, we'll watch. If that gives CeeDee Lamb some extra reps early, all for it. I don't wish energy, I, don't want, I don't I don't wish injury <laughs> on anybody. But Amari but Cooper's wanna... not on any of your teams. CeeDee Lamb he's, is. He's, that's exactly right. <laughs> uh, Brian, let's go to the Tennessee Titans. Really nothing for
0: Tennessee, but I failed to mention the Patriots did cut Mohamed Sanu. So if you're in a league where uh, you get mega bonus points for wide receivers throwing touchdown passes, that's very, very (laughs) relevant.
3: The 15-point wide receiver touchdown
2: pass? That's right. (laughs) Uh, All right, moving on. The 49ers, tons of injuries to update. Debo Samuel has got a chance of playing in week one with his foot injury. It appears he's trending positively. Although, you always have to be careful with foot injuries for wide receivers. It's never safe. Brandon Ayuk recovering from a hamstring injury, also trending towards availability for Week 1. But both could be on a, a pitch count here. We don't know for sure what the status of either of those guys is quite yet. Yeah, Those are your two starters, if healthy, Samuel and Ayuk. Um, no, of note, though, uh, Jordan Reed. And his eight concussions, now in San Francisco. And lots of uh, talk that he would play a role if Samuel or Ayo couldn't go. They would stand him up in the slot. And actually <laughs> they,
3: they would actually three. stand him up. He's lying down. That's right. <laughs> a, down. Down. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> a lever and pulley system. <laughs> the Giants, Matt. Uh, Golden Tate day-to-day with a hamstring strain. It's notable that he usually plays through minor injuries, but keep an eye on his Week 1 status. All right. Uh, Brian, Bengals.
0: Uh, AJ Green limited in practice this week with the a hamstring injury. Yeah, it's already
2: started. <laughs> That's it. You know the people that I hope the people that took a chance on AJ Green get rewarded. It's not me in any league, but it, it's I, me. Yeah, I, I hope it's you guys. <laughs> yeah, I I hope it ends up working out. For the Ravens, head coach John Harbaugh confirmed what beat writers have been saying for weeks: rookie. Running back, J.K. Dobbins, will play a major role in the offense. His skill set has been eye-popping in training camp, and Mm -hmm. to get some confirmation from John Harbaugh like we did this week, very promising. Uh, Matt, let's go to the Falcons. Brian Hill has solidified the backup role to Todd Gurley. Mm. He's probably one of
3: the top handcuffs to own this season. There's not a lot, but I think Brian Hill and Todd Gurley are one of them.
2: Thank
0: you. Right. Brian, the Jaguars. Um, They released Leonard Fournette. I'm not sure if you heard about that or not. Really? Yeah. Yeah, Thanks. And we'll talk more about the remaining backfield in Jacksonville a little later on the show.
2: Uh, Let's go to the Cardinals, Matt. Uh,
3: Cardinals. Sounds like they are being cautious with both Kenyon Drake and DeAndre Hopkins. Both are very near a return to full practice, and I expect both to suit up in week one.
0: All right. And Brian, the Chargers. Mike Williams... Should be ready to play in week one with this shoulder injury, according to um, offensive coordinator Shane Steichen. And the Chargers also placed safety Derwin James, one of the best safeties in football on IR, uh, this yeah, time that, ending his a season. Huge loss. Yeah, this is huge he's loss. done Dunzo, <laughs> which is a, a boon for the offense, though. They're, do you mean give it up more points in uh, L.A.? Uh,
2: this is not technically news from Green Bay, but let me mention this. I think I've got a new, brilliant nickname for A.J. Dillon. You guys remember the Nigerian nightmare?
3: Christian Okoye. Christian Okoye. Mm-hmm.
2: A.J. Dillon, built like Christian Okoye, the Siberian nightmare. <laughs> he's got to bring it's, back it's, He's the... in Green Bay. It's perfect. <laughs> I, thought he was, roll, I thought though, he was right? Russian. <laughs> <laughs> The Siberian, I love it. You know the Siberian. padded neck roll? Yeah, the, he had, he's got to uh, bring Koya that back. That. I oh, I know. That's what it. Dylan's got to bring oh, back. that'd be beautiful. That would be beautiful. You he's got to wear number 35 as well, obviously, now. That would help. Um, you know what else would be beautiful and will be beautiful? Training camp battle resolutions. will tell you who won every meaningful training camp battle across the NFL when we return to Fantasy Football Weekly. Welcome back, Fantasy Football Weekly. Paul Charchi and Matt Harrison and Brian Johnson with you. The training camp battles that we highlighted in the very first preseason show back in early August. Now they've all come to fruition. We will tell you who has won each of the key battles that we talked about back then. Here we are five, six weeks later. We begin with the Buffalo Bills running back situation. Why would we begin with that? (laughs) Of all of all all of them, why that one, you ask?
3: It, maybe it's alphabetical. It might be. It um, can be alphabetical. So it's Devin Singletary and it's Zach Moss. And the question marks that surround Singletary are ball security, which Brian mentioned. He mm-hmm. fumbled twice in contact scrimmages. Had some fumbling issues in the past. Yep. Um, also, his ability to pick up the blitz has been called into question, plus his size and durability. None, Other of those, than that. none of those seem to be in question with Zach Moss right now, uh, who seems to have the goal line job back locked up. In between the 20s, I think Singletary is still the guy for the most part right now. So this isn't over. I think from what I've read from the Buffalo Bills beat reporter, Singletary still won the first shot at the starting gig. But in fantasy... I'm taking Zach Moss because he's going to get the goal line work, mm-hmm. and I'm taking him above Devin Singletary right now. So from a fantasy perspective, I think Moss won it, and I think he will continue to win it as the season goes on. Throw in the damn towel. It's over. It's, it's over. over for Devin it, Singletary. I, it, I, no, it, 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 see, I think he's going to be a big part of that offense.
2: No, so. He'll be a part of the yeah. offense, but I, I believe by mid-October, your your primary lead back will be Zach Moss. Singletary will be a change of pace guy. I really I'd hope thing... that's the case, but it just feels like it's going to be a 60-40 split all year and we're
3: going to be we're going to be uncomfortable with the way.
2: And, I, but, and so you're going to be I, saying I, in I'm, mid-October, why aren't you giving Zach Moss the ball more? It could be, yeah. but if he's getting the goal line carries, then I won't need to say yeah, that. That's okay. All right, let's go to the Tampa Bay running back situation, Brian, which uh. we were watching for different guys back when we first started talking about this in August. Yeah, this is just
0: as we left it in early
2: August. When it was yeah. Ronald Jones versus Keyshawn Vaughn. And
0: and then Shady McCoy was just signed out of nowhere back in those days. But now, obviously, Leonard Fournette is in tow. And, uh, but Bruce Arians going to bat for Ronald Jones. It's his job. Somehow,
2: acquiring well, Leonard Arian's, Fournette. Bruce Arians is a
0: liar. Oh, I know. Andre Ellington was the guy. And yeah, there's been so many that? guys. Yeah. That, but... Right. but <laughs>
3: Bruce, Ellen, or Bruce Arians is the classic Rick Roll coach. He's all, never going to give you up, over and over on his running backs.
0: But uh, Dare Ogunbowale, cut on Friday. No! Um, by the way, New Orleans Saints, sign him right now for various reasons, I would yeah. say. That would be a great place for Ogunbowale. <laughs> but... Right now, we're looking at uh, now Leonard Fournette, Ronald Jones, and Keyshawn Vaughn, and Lashawn McCoy, who is supposedly gonna be the pass catching back in the mix now that Ogundubowale is gone. But right now, it's Ronald Jones. But this is a, we gotta see what how this plays out. That's all. Like I, I, wish I had more answers. For Don't you, you right? just want to see Ronald
2: Jones start? Will we be the Week One starter? Yeah. He will have the first chance to cement the job. Whether he's actually better than Leonard Fournette is up for debate. I, you know, I think both guys are just fair. Right.
0: One, one, one stat resonates. Uh, with me, with Keyshawn Vaughn, who we, you know, he was going in the first round of rookie drafts like oh, three or God, four months what a disaster. ago. Disaster. Yeah. But I remember seeing uh, Vanderbilt is where he played yes. college football. The worst run blocking uh, line, yeah. according to college Pro Football, football, Fo- yeah. Pro, football Focus, uh, Pro Football Focus, and uh, he had over a thousand yards and under two hundred carries, which is almost unfathomable behind an awful line.
2: So. I can't wait to see who Tom Brady thinks is the starting running back. That's what I want to know. Well, whoever doesn't get him killed. yeah, Because both Fournette and Ronald Jones are terrible in pass protection. So, you know, that might be an X factor here to watch as well. And we'll talk a little bit more about that situation a little later in the show. Cincinnati, let's go to the wide receiver jobs there because it is a deep, deep bench. Yeah, Auden Tate, T. Higgins, John Ross,
3: uh, kind of all up for the wide receiver three job there. And Brian mentioned A.J. Green is already injured and Mm -hmm. dealing with stuff, so this could be the wide receiver two position. But T. Higgins also dealing with a hamstring injury for a few weeks. John Ross is not in camp due to some personal stuff. And according to Bengals beat reporter Jay Morrison, Mike Thomas. Yes, that Mike Thomas. The other Mike Thomas. The one from the Los Angeles Rams for the last four years. He's the guy leading the depth chart what? over Auden Tate, over Auden Tate. What? So I don't know. You want to know why? Where did head coach Zach Taylor come from? Well, okay. There's he came that. from Los Angeles, Angeles and South. the Rams. So Mike Thomas right now leading the depth chart there. But you know what? Gross. After Tyler Boyd and AJ Green, I'm avoiding it all. I think you're right about that. Let's go
2: to the what's remains of the Washington running back situation, Brian. Oh, the same situation
0: as in early August, right? Adrian oh, Peterson exactly same, versus right. Darius Geis.
2: <laughs> right. <Well, laughs> How would you get all of these? <laughs> I don't
0: know. Uh Darius Geis, we will never mention him ever again after this on the show. He's clearly removed himself from consideration for this job. Adrian Peterson no longer on the team, although he could come back. This is a could be like a savvy it would be rare that Washington team does something savvy out of their front office, but they can somehow save money by cutting Peter. How they, they've cut Peterson. They can still mm. bring him back, but we'll see what happens. But it's looking like Antonio Gibson is the guy. I think. <laughs> he, no, I think he is the guy. If you don't know about Antonio Gibson out of Memphis, he is basically a hybrid player. He was used primarily at wide receiver. I had 38 receptions for oh. 735 yards and mm. eight touchdowns. Then midseason they moved him to running back. Had thirty three carries for three hundred sixty nine yards and four touchdowns. He's also a hell of a kick returner. Yes, he is. Averaged twenty eight yards per <laughs> kick he's Just a crazy athlete. He's a crazy yeah. athlete. He's a little tall for running back. You know, six feet six he's one.
2: Six six foot. Um, here's and this is the key difference between him and other of these sort of jackknife do it all guys like Cordell Patterson, is an mm-hmm. example. This guy's big. He's physical. He's six foot two twenty. That's a key difference in why I think he could make the transition to running back. Is I think he's going to have the stamina and durability to do it. And dude's electric. Antonio yeah. Gibson is bonkers in space. So, he's going to be taking hits like he's never
0: taken before, though, <laughs> in the NFL. Wow. Uh, with That's that from-
2: every, that's every well, rookie that it walks is, in. It is,
0: but he's just not built like your stereotypical running back, but we'll see how he does. Of course, um, see, I think Peyton is,
2: Barber. Like is, there- is built like a running back, and that's why I like him. By At six week,
0: feet two twenty, yeah.
3: By week huh. two of the NFL season, he'll have more carries in the NFL than he will in his
2: entire college yeah. career. That's a bit of a concern. Yeah, he's never he's never been asked to be a workhorse. Yep. We well, I, I,
0: I have to mention, do. sorry, Bryce Love, really quick. Also in consideration for some carries, fourth round rookie out yeah, Stanford last year, and uh, Peyton Barber still hanging around. It sounds Washington like Washington
3: Peyton Barber's running with the ones when Gibson's not. He,
0: based on eighty like ADP, if I'm drafting right now. Peyton Barber is probably the guy I'm just going to take in the last round. Sure. If he could be the goal. Very I'm, boring. Very boring, but probably the most reliable
3: pick mm-hmm. right now.
2: All right, let's go to the Denver Broncos and the running back situation.
3: Yeah, Melvin Gordon, Phillip Lindsay. It's uh, considering that most thought that this would be like a 70-30 split in Gordon's direction as soon as they uh, signed him. Now it seems like head coach Vic Fangio is backing off of that, talking about no starting running back and a complete timeshare. Yeah. So I guess that means the winner is Philip Lindsay, but all of us are really losers in this situation. Uh, Worth noting that Royce Freeman took most of Gordon's snaps in camp as Gordon was dealing with an injury to his ribs. So Royce... uh, Put down the Piano Freeman. Drop the Piano piano Freeman. As I like to call him. He's still in play, too, in that uh, running back committee.
2: Um, There is a a media note hit on Friday suggesting that the team is actively trying to find a suitor for Royce Freeman before they cut him. (laughs) <laughs> that is a that is a very very real possibility. They could trade him for a piano. <laughs> I, like that, I like that idea. There are definitely some pianos worth more. Yeah, than Royce say. Freeman.
3: You go find a Steinway. He, he's got like that, a nice grand piano in uh, the in the lobby at
2: uh, Mile High. Yeah. Let's go to the Detroit running back situation. It's going to be on
0: Johnson as your starter in Week 1. DeAndre Swift uh, suffered a leg injury, leg injury last week. He's been getting eased back into practice this week. He will usurp on at some point. But we're looking at a 70-30 split in the first couple weeks, I think, between on and DeAndre. But
2: Well, who's on the 70 side? Carry on. Yeah, because be the, Swift's uh, just missed too much time. Missed too much
0: time. Rook, yeah. But
2: uh, we, will, we think that'll probably flip-flop round week week three or four all right let's go to indianapolis both the running backs and the wide receivers had position battles so i have an actual
3: source on this i talked to colt's beat reporter jim aiello from yeah. the indy star earlier long, this week he was
2: a long time uh part-time writer of mine yeah at league safe yeah. post
3: and stuff yeah. um he, he's in my fantasy baseball league mm-hmm. so that's that's a it's a good uh, in there uh the colt's coaching staff still loves Marlon Mack, they according do. to Jim. And he's going to get a lot more work than people think. So in this case, I think there's only losers in this situation. While I do think Taylor shines and eventually grows into a lead dog role, for the beginning of the year, it sounds like Marlon Mack will probably be on the heavy side of the 60-40 split. And that's not what anybody wants to hear. No. And then on the wide receiver side, uh, it sounds like Paris Campbell has really been a huge bright spot in camp yes. for the Colts, while Michael Pittman has really struggled with drops. Uh, and it feels like second-year Campbell has completely beat out Pittman uh, for the second wide receiver on the field. I'm precocking Paris Campbell! Now... Remember, the Colts love to play a lot of 12 personnel, one running back and two tight ends, so they're not going to have three wide receivers on the field very often. Mm -hmm.
2: So it's Hilton and Campbell, I think, for most of the year. Yeah, Campbell uh, will play the slot and outside as well. Uh, Let's go to the Rams and the running back situation. Any clarity there, Brian?
0: It's quite the opposite of uh, the Detroit situation where the second-year guy in D- Daryl Henderson uh, has been missing time with a hamstring injury. So Cam Akers looks like he'll be the lead back going into Week 1, but Malcolm Butler is just going to be... Brown. I'm sorry, yeah, Malcolm Brown. can <laughs> going be there to vulture touchdowns from both of these guys big time. But uh, Cam Akers looks like a lead back as a rookie going yeah, into Week I'll, 1.
2: Although they've said they're going to use hot hand, and that I think yeah. could be very frustrating. We'll see. Malcolm Brown is going to be... Everybody's least favorite player in the I, I, NFL I, I, this year. <laughs> you might be right about that. Jacksonville, let's go to the wide receiver situation, other than DJ Chark. Yeah. Uh the Jags have been super impressed with their two rookies, uh
3: LaVisca Chenault mm-hmm. and fifth rounder Colin Johnson, who's six foot six. So this means The trade-happy Jacksonville Jaguars are in the market to move Keelan Cole and D.D. Westbrook in all likelihood. It's possible that they'll cut one or both of them to keep things thrifty in Jacksonville. Uh, I think LaVishka Sinault is the wide receiver two on this team this year, and I bet they move on from Keelan Cole or D.D. Westbrook to any team that needs any kind
2: of wide receiver at all. Uh, Brian, back to the Rams.
4: What are wide we talking about with the
2: Rams? Wide
0: oh, receivers. Josh Reynolds and Van, Van Jefferson. Jefferson. Yes. Uh, it, it was going to be Josh Reynolds all preseason or all offseason before the draft, but Van Jefferson has looked great in camp, and yeah. he's the guy you want to own if you're looking if you are wanting to own the third wide receiver for the Rams, it's Van Jefferson right now. And hey look, they've, they've
2: they've they've been able to pay three wide receivers. I mean fantasy money. Yep, you know, that's they, true. We've yeah. got we've gotten production on three receivers in the past. Uh, we'll talk a little bit more about Van Jefferson later in the show, actually. And let's go to the Chargers and the quarterback situation there. This doesn't take long. Tyrod Taylor has been the
3: starter for months, according to the Athletics' Daniel Popper. Uh, uh, Justin Herbert has been the primary quarterback working with the second team, but they're also saying that Easton Stick has yeah. a outside shot at number 2 QB. And you have to say his name very slowly.
2: And I said <laughs> it you. way too fast there. <laughs> um, I, I, it's hard to read too much into hard knocks. I, from the little stuff that I've seen of Herbert and Herbert's had a lot of camera time. Mm -hmm. I don't like what I saw, but I'm You're only seeing, you know, a tiny, tiny fraction of all of his throws and everything else. Yeah. Uh, And it's still super early and I'm not trying to glean too much into that. Uh, Brian, the last one for you, San Francisco's running back situation. It's
0: Raheem Mostert. It's been a roller coaster ride for him. He was the guy and then he wanted out. Then they paid him, and he's the guy again. But it's really because they're so dinged at wide receiver in San Francisco. They got Tevin Coleman and Jarek McKinnon running yeah. like wide receiver routes right now. <laughs> but but Mostert looked great uh, over the last six games last year. I'm sorry, he finished top 20 in all of them. And four of those six games were inside the top 10 at running back. So he will be the guy. But Shanahanigans, man, you never can rule those out. But we just got to see how this plays out in San Fran. But it should be Mostert getting...
2: Most, 60 most 70% it's get, of the I think so. I think yeah. so too. I just I worry about Coleman, especially near the stripe, which bugs me, and I shouldn't have to worry about that. But I think Coleman's going to get paid near the stripe. Let's go to Miami, where there's you know a lot of moving parts. Who's won the yeah. various battles there? So Tua is healthy enough that the Dolphins have been shopping their other backup,
3: Josh Rosen, but yep. Stewbeard Beard will start the yes, season, baby. Yeah, we need a Stewbeard Beard sounder or something like that. What is it this time? What does a beard sound like? It sounds like a peacock. That's what it sounds like. Uh, (laughs) Well, that's a pretty good (laughs) stew-beard. That is a pretty good stew-beard, isn't it, right there? (laughs) Um, They they said the offense looks clearly smoother under Fitzpatrick, uh, but look for Tua around week nine when the Dolphins face Arizona, then the Jets, then a bye, then the Jets again, and then Cincinnati in a five week span. Yeah, that might be the way to get him up and running. Uh, for the running back situation between Matt Breida and Jordan Howard, it looks like a completely split backfield between these two. But the camp standout has been Miles Gaskin, who uh, the staff is very excited about there, both his running ability and his improved pass blocking skills. So if either Howard or Breida gets hurt, I don't think that they take over a lead dog role. I think Miles Gaskin slides into that spot. And then, Charge, finally, I'll go into my Pittsburgh Steelers uh, Mm -hmm. wide receiver uh, battle here. And it was for wide receiver, too, between Deontay Johnson, James Washington, and Chase Claypool. Um, The knock on Deontay Johnson is he was injured for almost all of camp. Despite being a second-year player, he's got the same experience with Ben Roethlisberger as Chase Claypool, and he's getting drafted the highest of all the three, but he's not the one I want. Uh, James Washington has had the camp that's been the most solid, according to The Athletic. Uh, Mike Caboli over there said that he added a full route tree to his arsenal, which was very impressive, and Claypool's been kind of up and down throughout the camp. Great one day. Dropped a few passes the next. So James Washington, I believe, is the wide receiver two you want there.
2: I don't he know, might T. be the I wide like receiver. T. Johnson, oh. but, but here's where we're going to agree, I think. Maybe not. Because nobody's out on a bigger limb on this than me. Mm-hmm. I think Juju Smith-Schuster is the odd man out.
0: Very quickly, it wasn't a battle a few weeks ago, but Jacksonville running back now. Who do you want, Charge? Hill, Armstead, Chris Thompson, Divine Azigbo, or James Robinson? Divine
2: Azigbo. That's okay. our guy. I think he's <laughs> That's our guy? Our guy. Like the we've, we've... He's the official Azigbo of this show. <laughs> it's been declared. Uh, of the Azigbos? That's the uh, signal that I want. I
0: bankruptcy.
2: Yes. Um, <laughs> find out about Juju Smith-Schuster. We'll so also, do the Jaguars. We'll also find out the answer to three tough questions. When we come back, you'll have an opportunity to play along with my co-hosts as they try to answer correctly three of the toughest questions perplexing fantasy owners. Stay tuned. Welcome back, Fantasy Football Weekly. Paul Charchi and Matt Harrison, Brian Johnson with you. We're going to get to three tough questions and moments. A reminder to please subscribe, rate, and review this show. Those help other people around the country find the show, help bring us uh, the deserved prominence that... That we have earned over and we, twenty-six years. We want people to find the show. We do. You yeah. might not. Well, you just you want people to find the show, just not your league mates, but they're not the ones that are gonna be reading your review or noting that you rated the show. That's true. They won't know any better. No. There's a lot of people out there. There's fifty million people playing in America, fantasy fantasy sports. You you know, your rating and reviewing is not gonna be high tipping your hand to the other nine people in your league.
0: Mm-hmm. You've all drafted Dan Arnold by now. Share the wealth.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Come on. Let's begin with... Tough question number one.
2: Will new Tampa running back Leonard Fournette have over or under nine and a half touchdowns? Brian. So his total
0: touchdowns, uh, starting as a rookie, have gone from 10 to 6 to 3. And that's rushing and receiving. Only two of those 19 total touchdowns were receiving. And of course, neither of them came last year when he had 76 catches. (laughs) Oddly (laughs) enough, yes. Yes. And, of course, he's also a Tampa Bay Buccaneer now. He's not on the Jacksonville Jaguars. An interesting tidbit, Fournette is the highest drafted running back, fourth overall, that Brady will have ever played with. Uh, Fred Taylor, the previously highest drafted running back, (laughs) ninth overall. I didn't remember he he played for the Patriots. He had a two-year stint with the Patriots at the latter end of his career, of course. But... Nine and a half touchdowns is a lot for a guy that has scored 19 total touchdowns, even though it'll be in a prolific offense. But he's going into the year as the backup, presumably. So I'm going under nine and a half touchdowns.
2: Okay.
3: Uh, I, I'm also going under the Bucks backs totaled 15 touchdowns last year, 14 mm-hmm. of those which were on the ground. That was actually seventh most in the league Yeah. of that. Ronald Jones had six rushing scores. Peyton Barber had six rushing scores in the single receiving score. Dare Ogunbowale had the other two Barber and Ogunbowale are both obviously gone. So is pass happy Jameis Winston. But Ronald Jones was four for four on his uh, carries inside the five on scoring. So I would say that. If you were going to bet the over, you would have to bet that Leonard Fournette takes over for Ronald Jones inside the five, and I don't think that that's going to happen since he was very successful there last year. So I'm going to go with the under nine and a half.
2: And Matt, you took most of my talking points here. Uh, although, let's note this, and there's so there is reason to think that there's going to be a lot of touchdowns to be had here. Tom Brady's Patriot teams led the NFL in rushes inside the five mm-hmm. over the past five years. No team had more than Tom Brady's offense in New England. And so don't think that Brady automatically means there's a bunch of passing from inside the five. He spent more time handing off than he did passing. He was the five. four for 20 last year on passing from yeah. inside the Which five. Which is crazy. Yeah. Crazy. So I do think they're going to give the ball plenty of times to the running backs. And enough times where Leonard Fournette's going to be close to that nine and a half. But does he actually go over it? The things working against him is I don't think he's a materially better back than Ronald Jones. He's about the same. He's not a better pass blocker, unfortunately, so I can't say he's going to be on the field for pass blocking reasons. And then there's the history of soft tissue injuries that just always Mm, scares me with Leonard Fournette. So you put all that together, I don't think he's quite going to get to the 9.5, but he clearly, if Ronald Jones bows out of this competition early, he'll make it easily. Tough question number two. Last year, Ravens tight end Mark Andrews led the team in every meaningful receiving category. Targets, receptions, yards, and touchdowns. Will he have a clean sweep again this year? Matt. Nope, he won't have a clean sweep,
3: but he'll get most of them. Uh, Andrew's only managed 852 receiving yards, and I say only, but that's still pretty good for a tight end in most seasons. Mm-hmm. The problem is, is I don't see him increasing on that mark a ton, and I really like Hollywood Brown to take a major step forward after spending most of last year nursing some nagging injuries. And here's a couple of stats on Brown. He sat out Week 6 through 8, came back in Week 9 from Week 9 through Week 17, he only averaged 3.5 targets, 2.7 catches, and 28 yards per game. But in weeks 1 through 5, he averaged 7.8 targets, 4 receptions, and 65 yards per game. And, of course, he rested and then had 126 yards in the playoff game. Mm-hmm. So even if Brown only averages 65 yards per game, he's well over 1,000 yards at that point, and I think that's enough to beat Mark Andrews in one of those categories.
0: Okay, Brian. Yeah, Matt mentioned Brown was hurt a lot last year. Only played in 14 regular season games. He saw four or fewer targets in half of those 14 games. 71 total targets for Brown. Had 46 catches. Andrews had 64 on 98 targets. So yeah. if they see equal targets, Browns having more catches and if Browns healthy and he is right now, he's going to see 120, 130 targets this year. So oh, that'd be a
2: massive increase. It
0: would, but uh, if he's healthy and ready to go in his second year, I think it could happen. So uh no, Andrews will not clean sweep the receiving category.
2: I hope my guy Miles Boykin ends up outdoing uh, Mark <laughs> Andrews. So I can go I, I back always and go. feel like we we cling on to guys
3: in the preseason we that do. are wide receiver twos and they never pan out. <laughs>
2: I, I feel like they never pan out. I don't speak for yourself. I think I, I would like to believe in plenty of mine. I don't know any. Plenty of mine have out. I can't think I of know. one I, right now. I can't now. remember any who didn't pan out either. Uh... You're right that Brown is very likely to catch up somewhere. He was only 18 receptions behind last year. He was only 268 yards behind last year, and he did have all the injuries last year. Um, I think Andrews still wins the t- the touchdown battle. Absolutely. You know, I think we that's the one you feel most safe about. Here's where your X factor comes in for Mark Andrews. You know, with Hayden Hurst leaving, he leaves behind 40 targets, 350 yards. If they don't go to Nick Boyle and those all go to Andrews. Andrew's going to do it again, but I don't think it's going to happen. I think Nick Boyle's going to end up getting most of those Hayden Hurst yards. They got to sp- they got to spread that
3: around those those vacated targets to wide receivers too, and J.K. So. Dobbins. Yeah, well,
0: that's yeah, he's a very good pass catching yeah. back as well. And Devin Duvernay has looked good,
2: the rookie wide receiver too. Yeah, he's, he's, he's going to get a little bit of run here yep.
4: too. Tough question number three.
2: Much of Josh Allen's fantasy production has come through his running. Through two years, he's averaging roughly 550 rushing yards and and eight-and-a-half rushing touchdowns. (laughs) This year, will he be over or under his career
0: averages? Brian. So in 2018, Josh Allen had 631 yards on 89 carries. Lead back Shady McCoy had 514 on 161 attempts, nearly twice as many as Josh Allen Zay Jones was the leading wide receiver for Buffalo last year. Kelvin Benjamin (laughs) was catching passes for Buffalo. Just an awful, awful state for uh, the Bills in 2018. Josh Allen had to do virtually everything for them to try and win games. Uh, In 2019, it got a little better. Not really so much in the backfield with Frank Gore and Devin Singletary, who combined for four rushing touchdowns. That's it. Josh Allen had even more carries in 2019, 109 carries for less yards. Five hundred and ten, but they really relied on him in the red zone. Uh, He had nine rushing touchdowns, nine
3: times, twice as
0: many as Frank Gore and Devin Singletary. Nine times. John Cole, I'm sorry, John Brown and Cole Beasley were huge upgrades in the passing game. So this year it's Zach Moss time. That's it. He's going to pick up a lot of slack that Josh Allen. I won't say he's leaving it in the red zone, but he doesn't need to be relied on as much in the red zone. And Stefan Diggs is now in town, too, to add add him to John mm-hmm. Brown and Cole Beasley. And they're just not going to need Josh Allen to run as much as he has has in the past. So I'm going under the career averages for Josh all right. Allen.
3: Matt. Brian literally read all my notes, every single one of them.
2: All right, so you're also on under. Yeah. The correct answer is under. The scrambling is going to drop this year. The yardage is going to drop. Second year, it's the second year for Buffalo's massive offensive line transformation that Mm -hmm. started last year. I think those guys, that whole group as a unit, gets better. Better receivers, which you mentioned. More confidence in the pocket. I'm reminded a little bit of a young Donovan McNabb. Now, you guys are too young to remember Donovan McNabb. But... (laughs) We're like the same age. Donovan, I used to play pickup with Donovan yeah, McNabb right, at Lifetime. Right. I swear, Donovan McNabb after the Vikings when cut him first came into the league was a rushing quarterback who had a nice arm and he'd throw some make some big plays and he was running around a lot. Then he suffered an injury and he he turned into a very very good Hall of Fame caliber uh, pocket passer. And I think, Until he got to Minnesota. And, right, at that point, he was completely <laughs> cooked. Uh, Josh Allen, I think, is going to transform into a much more of a pocket passer who will only have to run when he you know, needs to, and hopefully not so often. He got five rushing touchdowns from inside the five last year. Who's going to take those five rushing touchdowns from inside the five this year?
3: Devin Singleton. No, Whoa. that is not... Frank
2: Gore. Yeah, that's exactly right. <laughs> that is the... No. It's Zach Moss, for the love of is, God. Is Zach Moss just the vulture now? Yes. He, well, he's more than the vulture. He's a vulture plus a peacock. All in one. <laughs> You're pre-cocking again. And a little, little quack. We sure have a lot of bird noises. You really remember do. where
0: McNabb went to college off the top of your head? Syracuse. Okay, Do yeah. you know he played on the basketball team? I did not remember yeah, that. He was four on the years
3: on the basketball team? Uh, at least the last two. Brian just wants to talk about playing basketball with McNabb <laughs> I, 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 that's, for that's, the rest of the segment. That's you? right. Why, is <gasps> I
0: totally dunked up? on McNabb. It was great. No, he, he, no. he dunked on me. No, he <laughs> wasn't dunking, though, at that point in his life. We have right time for an
2: unscripted bonus Tough question. question
1: number four.
2: What? Yeah, we have a right. sounder I, for this? Yes, we do. In case we ever have bonus time, which hmm. we've got right now. Last year, Aaron Rodgers finished outside the top 17 among quarterbacks in 11 of 16 weeks. Got that? So Mm -hmm. he was outside of the top 17 quarterbacks in 11 of 16 weeks last year. Does Aaron Rodgers finish better or worse than that this year?
3: I'll say better, and here's why. He's upset that they drafted Jordan Love and he's going to start changing those plays shoulder? at the line mm-hmm. all the time. We're, they're going to be like, all right, hand the ball off to Aaron Jones or A.J. Dillon inside yeah. the five, and he's going to be like, nope, changing that play. <laughs> he's going to throw way more touchdowns than last year. I, th- I think it's –
0: the demise of Aaron Rodgers has been greatly exaggerated. Yeah, and Devonta Adams missed about six or seven games last year, and it was kind of dinged up for the majority of the season. If he's fully healthy, Rodgers will finish much better
2: than that. I'm not as confident as you guys are. Here's A.J. Dillon built for goal line use. Mm -hmm. I think that inside the five, those easy touchdowns are going to come on the ground again through the backs they've got more than through the arm. (laughs) I don't think Aaron Rodgers cares about that. I think he's bad. I think they pissed him off. Well, no, he's he's mad, but it might not matter. I'm not so sure. Only one good, capable... What if they bench him? Well, oh, oh, God. <laughs> You know what? If Jordan Lovett had a better preseason, you could talk about that, but he's been brutal by all accounts, so that's probably not going to happen. If you want to play the freshest new format in fantasy sports, you want to try guillotineleagues.com. 17 teams starts the season, no head-to-head. And then every week, the low-scoring team gets cut from the league and the players go to the waiver wire Mm. chaos ensues on the waiver wire for that week. And you replay that format all year long until there's one team standing at the end. And that is the winner. If there's anything we know about 2020 is everybody loves chaos. Absolutely. Back for more fantasy football weekly
5: after this. There are some things that are too good to keep a secret. Like how your Amex platinum card helps you have the perfect trip.
2: Welcome back, Fantasy Football Weekly on The Fan. I am Paul Charchi and from guillotineleagues.com, Brian Johnson, Matt Harrison from shockfantasy.com. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Do you have a promo code this week? We're going to do the same one as last week. Peacock. Peacock. $25
3: for the full year of Shock Fantasy.
2: Yeah. This segment, one thing that you should know about every team based on the whole preseason, if there's one critical thing to know about every single team, What are those things? And we begin with Matt Harrison and the Carolina Panthers. Uh,
3: Christian McCaffrey averaged 25.2 touches per game last season. And when asked about that, both head coach Matt Rule and offensive coordinator Joe Brady have said that that's an appropriate number of touches for him to expect this season. So over the last three years, by the way, he trails only Michael Thomas and DeAndre Hopkins in total receptions.
2: That's crazy. Crazy. He's going to, that's why he's 1 1. Uh, Brian, let's go to the Las Vegas Raiders. The Raiders are going to have two rookie wide receivers
0: starting on the boundaries this year, and Brian Edwards and Henry Ruggs with Hunter Renfro in the slot. And Henry Ruggs, the first wide receiver taken overall in the draft. But Brian Edwards is the guy you want really from an outside receiver perspective. Mm -hmm. But I, I would go Hunter Renfro if I'm wanting a. Las Vegas Raiders wide receiver based on ADP. I don't know. He's... Man, you can he, get Brian Edwards way late, and he's the best out of this group, isn't I'm he? I'm worried about these rookies. And then... But... Uh... Nelson Aguilar is getting praised. Uh, Zay Jones looks good, too, they're saying. I think I'm going to pass on the Raiders
2: wide receivers. We're
0: going to talk more about
3: the Raiders passing
2: game later on. Uh, We'll go to the Packers. The one thing you need to know about the Packers, Alan Lazard has won the, the wide receiver two job uncontested, currently going off the board as wide receiver 62 pick 171. The Packers know they have to diversify their passing offense And I think they're going to have to force the ball to Lazard some, if only to establish there's some kind of threat on the field other than Devontae Adams. What's the one thing people need to know about the Washington football team, Matt? Uh, Geis is gone. Adrian is gone. Antonio
3: Gibson is your likely starter in Washington. And Ron Rivera seems to absolutely love the guy and has compared him to CMC as a threat in the passing game. Mm. Uh, Also, Washington... Is going to pass a lot. Scott Turner's four games as Carolina's offensive coordinator last year, he passed 66.3% of the time. That is a lot. What is the one thing we need
0: to know in Buffalo, Brian? Well, for years, it was hard to find a thing to know about Buffalo when it came to fantasy football coming out of training camp, but not this year. Mm -hmm. It's watch out for the Bills. This offense is loaded primarily Zach Moss, man. He's... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> he he's he's been the biggest mover this offseason, oh, especially no when it comes to rookies. When and we
2: started talking about Zach Moss, which goes from our podcast to before we were over at the air back in June to now, mm-hmm. he's moved from the thirteenth round to the fifth round. Yeah. It's been you know, it's been a remarkable change.
0: Yeah, late second, early third in rookie drafts. Now yes. he's mid to late first. first and, yeah. But I'm excited to watch the Buffalo Bills for the the first time in a long time, and a lot of people should be too.
2: The one thing you need to know about the Houston Texans, many reports from both reporters and coaching saying that Will Fuller looks great uh, in the best shape of his career, ready to pick up the load from DeAndre Hopkins. Hopkins leaves behind 150 targets, and Fuller appears to be the primary uh, beneficiary of that. We will talk about their Thursday matchup with Kansas City in detail a little later in this show. Matt, what's the one thing we need to know about the Tampa Bay Buccaneers? Uh, I think it's that they're all in: uh, Brady,
3: Gronk, Fournette, Evans, Godwin, Vaughn, McCoy, Rojo, OJ, Brait, all our names. That I only needed to name one name, and you know who they are. Um, so in that case, when the Prince, offense is so Cher, deep, yeah, Donna,
2: exactly, yeah.
3: When the offense is so deep, take the quarterback because you're going to get points every time that that offense scores. And you can, you can avoid some of the pitfalls of not getting the right guy on the right date. So Tom Brady's the guy that I want the
0: most out of the Bucks' offense. All right, let's, Brian, let's, uh, what's the one thing we need to know about the Cleveland Browns? It's time for a redemption tour. That's pretty much it. <laughs> Remember the lofty expectations last year for you this bet. whole offense. Yeah, everybody wanted Browns. At Tampa this time Bay last is year. the uh, is yep. the, this year's Browns, right? They are. Those expectations are still reasonable. They they weren't last year, but they're coming at a great discount this year across the board. Outside of Nick Chubb, really, which is is justified based on Kareem Hunt being there. But you can get. Your Browns, way cheaper than last year, and they could uh, they could put up some massive—we're talking point orgies, week in and week out. We're talking—and
2: we'll talk more about the Browns and some specific players later in this show. The one thing you need to know about the Indianapolis Colts, Paris Campbell, Michael Pittman. We've already talked about them some, but I think the biggest stories here were, was Paris Campbell's bounce back to prominence and a guy that will uh, be a starter, work the slot, work outside, bring size and speed to the position. What's the one thing
3: people need to know about the Detroit Lions, Matt? Uh, Kenny Galladay is in a contract year. The Lions' defense is below average, and Matthew Stafford is back and healthy. And the running backs are already injured, so Galladay has a great (laughs) chance to be a top-five wide receiver at the end of the year. Remember, he averaged 80 yards and almost a touchdown per game last year in games with Matthew Stafford.
2: Uh, Brian, what's the one thing to know from the Jets this preseason? Now, I'm
0: paraphrasing here, but Adam Gase says Le'Veon Bell looks like butt.
2: I don't think that's, <laughs> that's exactly. The I said I was paraphrasing here.
0: Basically, there are two jets you want to draft in fantasy leagues mm-hmm. or acquire via auction. It's Jameson Crowder and Chris Herndon. That's it. Disregard the rest. That's what you need to know about. The I didn't want movie.
2: them that much. Well, no. you should. Uh, for the Kansas City Chiefs, the one thing you need to know from their preseason, in I think the biggest story is Clyde edwards alaire becoming the starter, and uh, Daryl Williams as the probable change of pace back. And that's that's been the biggest story. I have Clyde edwards alaire as my number three. Char- what about
0: back. Peterson? Adrian Peterson to the Chiefs? How does that sound to you? <laughs> I don't think it's happening. No. Well,
3: all right. Uh, you you mentioned. I think you mentioned on Twitter which team has the best shot of going sixteen and zero. Mm-hmm. And did the Chiefs just run away with Chiefs that? Chiefs
2: ran away with it, but I think the right answer Baltimore. Mm. But the Chiefs ran away with it, and I can understand why. They yeah. will, they will score them. They will score the most points in the league probably. Yeah. They didn't last year. You know who did? Baltimore. Baltimore. Let's go to the Seattle Seahawks. What's the one thing that everybody needs to know from the preseason for Seattle? Um, Seattle's defense is really good, and we haven't talked about
3: that. They added Quandre Diggs, Mm. Jamal Adams, and Quentin Dunbar. So I think I'm looking at Chris Carson to absolutely crush this year as the Seahawks will play tough defense and run the ball. Before his injury, Carson had 20 or more carries
2: in eight of his last 10 games. It's a good sign. I don't know why nobody likes Chris Carson. I don't Everybody's either. Everybody's like, oh, well, I guess I guess, I got to take Chris Carson.
3: I think he's going to absolutely dominate. I think he's going to put up RB1 numbers, and you can get him in the third round and all like that. I got
2: Chris Carson, so like last year, so many places. Uh, Brian, what's the one thing people need to know about the Denver Broncos preseason? Basically the most split backfield
0: in football right now. Matt kind of broke it down earlier but the one thing to know going into this draft weekend is if you're going to draft a Denver running back, just take Philip Lindsay many rounds later than Melvin Absolutely, Ford, That's pretty much all I can come up with for Denver.
2: All right. For the Rams, we've already touched on this. The most important thing that has uh, materialized, rookie Van Jefferson blowing everybody away over the past two weeks and could easily end up as the team's starting slot receiver as quickly as week one. Now, what you may not know about Van Jefferson, he's the son of longtime receiver Sean Jefferson. And the dad's tutoring mm. made him mentally ready for the NFL. The one thing you need to know about the Philadelphia Eagles, Matt? No one can stay healthy. Correct. Miles Sanders,
3: Jalen Reger, Carson Wentz are all on the injury report for week one. Alshon Jeffries on the pup. On the offensive line, tackle Andre Dillard is on IR for the year. So is Brandon Brooks, who plays guard. Lane Johnson's been hurt for a few weeks and questionable for week one. Unreal. It's the deal with the devil they made to win Super Bowl Fifty Two. It's
2: all coming to a head right now. (laughs) This has been the most injured team for like three straight years now.
0: Yeah, since Super Bowl
2: 52. All right.
0: Um, (laughs) What's the one thing people need to know about the Miami Dolphins, Brian? A lot of buzzy players coming out of Dolphins camp. Devontae Parker, Preston Williams, Mike Gesicki. But be warned, a brutal, brutal start for Miami out of the gates. They get New England and Buffalo in the first two weeks. That means Stephon Gilmore and Tredavis White will be shadowing Devontae Parker. Mm. The Jaguars in week three, that's a, that's a soft one. But then Seahawks and then the 49ers in the following weeks. That is just an awful, awful start for the— Worst team in the NFL. How did this happen to them, poor guys? But uh, it's that division they're in. Poor Miami. I don't think they're the worst team in the NFL no, anymore. No, they're no, not, not anymore. But uh, they're, they're,
2: they're in the mix. Jaguars are are yeah. motoring <laughs> toward that. <laughs> motoring. The, the Vikings. The one thing you need to know about Minnesota Vikings: the starting wide receiver opposite Adam Thielen is expected to be BC Johnson, not. Justin Jefferson. Not that Justin Jefferson has done anything wrong and he's looked very good, but B.C. Johnson, uh, Kirk Cousins described him as having maybe the most improved camp of of any player. Um, B.C.'s knowledge of the system gets him a head start going into this season, and it's his job to lose as we go into week one. What's the one thing that people need to know about the Cowboys, Matt?
3: Uh, Despite the coaching change, Kellen Moore is still the play caller in Dallas, so there is consistency with Dak and his offensive coordinator. And outside of the Rams in Week 1, Dallas has a very favorable pass schedule to start the year. So loading up on Cowboys in your draft is not a bad idea at all because Prescott has a pretty good chance of
2: leading the NFC, but maybe even the NFL, in passing yards this year. Great weapons, that's yep. for sure. Uh, Brian, what's the one thing people know need to know about the Patriots off season? Well, preseason.
0: Who knows what you need to know in New England? Who is the lead back going to be now that Damian Harris is hurt? Is Cam Newton going to be good again? There's nothing definitive coming out of Patriots camp, and I can tell you right now. Sony a lot of question marks, yeah. <laughs> like. All right, we'll go to the Saints. <laughs> I, I, I looked. What can I tell you? Like Cam, God, I don't know Cam what to Newton tell you. is the starting, quarterback. Cam is the that's, starting that's, quarterback. That's the one thing that's, you need to know. That's pretty much it. Yeah, and we'll see what happens.
2: The thing you need to know about the New Orleans Saints uh, as mentioned earlier in the show: Alvin Kamara's contract situation and the cortisone shot. I think those are the biggest storylines there, and what has otherwise been a quiet offseason for them, uh, Matt. What's the one thing people need to know about the Giants? I hope I'm not
3: stepping on Brian Johnson's touchdown call from a later segment here, but trade for the Giants players after week five. People will be freaking out about Saquon and Danny Dimes after their starting uh, schedule of Pittsburgh, Chicago, San Fran, the Rams, and Dallas in the first five weeks. But their offense is going to get going. I'm a believer in their offense, and it'll get going
0: in week six and beyond.
2: Uh, What's the one thing to know about... From the Tennessee Titans.
0: Ryan Tannehill said Derrick Henry is catching the ball more confidently in training camp this year. And if he, Derrick Henry that is, can see some adequate target totals for once in his career. Target totals of 15, 17, 18, and 24. Mm -hmm. That is nothing. Just give us 50, Mike Vrabel. And he's pushing Christian McCaffrey for RB1 number. That's all it would take. If he can get more involved in the passing game. That's all it would take. That's just over one more
2: target per game. It's not a lot. It's It's all we need. The one thing you need to know from Steelers uh, preseason, Ben Roethlisberger looks like his old self. Well, not his old self in that he's 38 years old. Not that old self. He just looks like his old self before the elbow injury, which is a good sign. Strength and velocity seems to be there. Um, the impressive camp of uh, Chase Claypool suggests that Big Ben will have four capable wide receivers to throw to this year. What's the one thing people need to know about the Falcons preseason? Uh, My belief is they will be the same offense as they were
3: last year. Julio and Calvin Ridley will continue to put up big numbers. Hayden Hurst seems primed to replicate Austin Hooper. And Todd Gurley seems just as injury-prone and questionable as Devontae Freeman was last year. Mm. And defensively, they're still mediocre, and they should be playing catch-up for most
2: of the year. Brian, what's the one thing people know, need to know based on the preseason for the Bengals? We
0: already mentioned Joe Mixon was extended. A.J. Green
2: already dinged up in training camp. The
0: one thing you need to know is it's Joe Burrow time, baby. He's bringing very much excitement to that offense despite the A.J. Green injury. And uh, there's there's hope in Cincinnati for the first time in a long time. Mm, Brian, aren't you excited about I am
3: your Cincinnati Bengals?
0: Who day. Today.
2: The one thing to know about the 49ers: massive number of injuries to receivers. Jalen Hurd on IR. Tavon, Tavon Austin on IR. JJ Nelson on IR. Uh, Debo Samuel with a foot injury that may or may not be ready by week one. Brandon Ayuk with a hamstring injury that has cost him a couple of weeks of practice for a rookie that really needed it. And Kendrick Bourne is the only fully healthy quasi. He wasn't even a starter. You know, just somebody that's a veteran on the team. He was a good red zone target last year, though. That's about all he was. Yep. Uh, but he may be your starter week one. And and uh, that might be a, a sneaky week one play. For Although I can't. I really hope nobody needs a sneaky week one play in week one. Hopefully maybe DFS. Maybe. Maybe DFS. Let's go to the Cardinals, Matt. What's the one thing you need to know based on the preseason in Arizona? Kyler Murray is the player you
3: want from the Cardinals on your roster. DeAndre Hopkins is a great addition, but he's been injured for a lot of camp and has very little acclimation time in this offense. But he joins Christian Kirk, Larry Fitzgerald, Andy Isabella, Dan Arnold, and uh, and some solid pass-catching backs. I probably won't get any Cardinals at their current ADP, except I might reach for Kyler
2: Murray. Uh, let's go to the Jacksonville Jaguars. What's the one thing we need to know there?
0: They released Leonard Fournette, of course, that backfield uh, up in the air with Devine Zigbo, Reichel, Armstead, Chris Thompson will be the pass catching back. But it's really, it's just going to be ride or die with Gardner Minshew, baby. <laughs> Jacksonville's going to be throwing the ball 75 to 80% of the time. Can I take die guy on, on that? He's just going to chuck the ball I so much. It, it is. There's going to be a lot of volume there. Yeah. So I would say ignore the running game in Jacksonville and focus on Gardner Minshew DJ Chark. That's about it.
3: What over-under would you put on Gardner Minshew
2: pass attempts this year? Will he clear 650 because that's a Uh, really, really high number. He he might average 35 a game. I mean, it's going to be a big number. It's going to be a big number. No doubt. And they'll be behind constantly. The one thing you need to know from Ravens camp, a big step forward from both of last year's rookies, Marquise Brown and Miles Boykin, in camp. Um, we talked about them a little bit last segment, so I'm not going to spend a lot of time on them, but both have improved and look like they are both draftable, although nobody's drafting Miles Boykin except me. <laughs> Let's go to the Chicago Bears. Matt, your final team, what is the most notable thing to come out of this preseason?
3: Uh, Allen Robinson is going to catch about a million passes this year because the rest of that offense looks like a complete disaster. The quarterback situation is still not settled. They haven't settled in their week one starter yet. David Montgomery is injured, and he wasn't really the best player in the league when he was healthy. Anthony Miller is kind of a nice piece and emerging a little bit but this is all about Allen Robinson setting personal bests in every mark as he enters a contract year.
2: That was a a lot of things, Uh, not just one thing. But Eh, uh, of note, the two quarterbacks, it's not like they've both been so good that Chicago (laughs) can't figure out who they could possibly bench. It's been the opposite. Unfortunately, neither quarterback has stepped up. I can't imagine
3: why they didn't get in the Cam Newton bandwagon there.
2: Our final, I'm um, maybe they're playing for draft picks. I don't maybe. know. Maybe they're going, maybe they're secretly going for Trevor Lawrence. Our final team is the Los Angeles Chargers. Brian, what's the one thing to know from their preseason?
0: Austin Eckler is going to eat. <laughs> right, Matt? Yum. RB1 potential. Still going too late in most drafts in the late or early second, late first. But it's all about Austin Eckler and that offense going into this season.
2: If you would like to get my cheat sheet for free, you can do so at guillotineleagues.com. All my player rankings. It's just running out of time. There's a big draft weekend. If draft's coming up. You want a free cheat sheet? You this can is find it, it at guillotineleagues.com. When we come back, guys to trade for and or pick up in October, which also means these are guys you don't want to have right now. We'll tell you why and who you set a little calendar reminder for October. Is this super premature, premature speculation? <laughs> that's, that's right. The most premature possible speculations when we come back to Fantasy Football Weekly.
4: This is it. We've got an Amex Platinum Pro on our hands, ladies and gentlemen. We haven't seen anyone relax like this before in the Centurion Lounge.
2: Welcome back. Fantasy Football Weekly. I am Paul Charchi, and my co-hosts are Matt Harrison and Brian Johnson from guillotineleagues.com and shockfantasy.com. Yeah. This segment is devoted to guys that we're not as interested in right now, but we think that there's a real trade for and or pick up opportunity in October. So we're planning ahead a little bit. I literally used my calendar program on my computer with reminders. I did this last year with uh, with Jets, where their schedule was brutal out of the gate. And so I had a reminder for November, hey, take another look at Jets. They had the really, really tough schedule early on. There, We've identified, Brian and I have identified a player at every position that we think are going to be trade or pickup candidates in October. Brian, let's start at the quarterback position.
0: Matt did mow my lawn a little bit, but that's okay. I can expand on uh, this. And it's Daniel Jones, who is going off the board as a top 12 quarterback right now. People are are entrusting him to be a starter going into week one. But uh, starting in week one, Daniel Jones is not startable. And it starts with Pittsburgh, who allowed six passing touchdowns across the first two games of last season. Then they acquired Minka Fitzpatrick, and they allowed 17 passing touchdowns over the next 15 weeks. I'm sorry, 14 weeks. That's not a lot. Just over one per game. Brutal mm-hmm. matchup there. Then at Chicago, 17 touchdown passes allowed all season towards the bottom of the list of touchdown passes allowed. San Francisco, week three, allowed 23 touchdown passes. Not a lot. No other quarterback threw more than two touchdown passes other than Drew Brees. He had five touchdowns once against the 49ers. Only four quarterbacks topped 240 passing yards against San Francisco. So we're over 3 on Daniel Jones out of the gate. And then the Rams in week four allowed 23 passing touchdowns last year. But after Jalen Ramsey was acquired uh, and started playing for them in week seven, they allowed zero or one passing touchdowns in seven of their remaining 10 games. And then as Matt said, Dallas in week five only allowed 240 passing yards and 1.2 passing touchdowns per game last year. That's Five bad matchups out of the yeah. game for
2: Daniel Jones. Uh, I think the Dallas secondary takes a big step back this year, but it's still, it's very tough. Daniel Jones is an October target, and we'll like him a lot more then.
0: But can I, can I just, the good parts of October? Yeah, please. Week six, they get Washington team, who mm-hmm. allowed the third most passing touchdowns last season. Giants also get Washington team in week nine. So weeks six and nine, mm-hmm. they get Washington. That helps. Nice. Nice. And then in between Philly in week seven and Tampa Bay in week eight allowed the third most yards and 30 passing touchdowns to quarterbacks last year. And Danny Dimes had his coming out party against the Bucks last year. I remember year. that ran into two passing touchdowns, yeah. two rushing touchdowns. So brutal start, but the schedule gets softer and that team will gel as time goes on. Despite their awful GM, Dave Gettleman. Okay. I'm John Durge.
2: That's fine. Uh, the quarterback that I believe you'll want to trade for in October and you don't want now is Derek Carr. You actually won't have to trade for him. You'll just pick him up because he'll be dropped. Now, The Raiders have got a tough early season schedule, but week one is very favorable. They've got Carolina. I think he could get something done against Carolina, but then it gets brutal. Maybe it's the worst schedule of of any team over the next few weeks. Saints, Patriots, Bills, Chiefs, bye week. So we're just going to skip those first five games altogether. But then
3: after that, that it's
2: not quite better. (laughs) Well, after that, I think he gets (laughs) if he's even on a roster, I think he gets dropped on the bye week, and then Derek Carr comes back and... Schedule gets much easier for the rest of the way, I think. Maybe you disagree. But then I think Carr's starting receivers who are both rookies, Henry Ruggs, Brian Edwards, they'll have six weeks of the NFL under their belt. So those guys start, you know, acclimating to the NFL. Derek Carr comes back. Schedule gets easier. I'm a lot more interested in them. I'd take Carr in November when the schedule actually gets really, really easy. We go to the running back position. Brian, who is your running back you're targeting in October but not September? We're staying in Las Vegas. Why
0: not? And Josh Jacobs is the answer here. Now, this starts very meaty for Josh Jacobs against Carolina in Week 1, who allowed 27 rushing touchdowns to running backs last year. It's a great Week 1 matchup. 18 was the next highest rushing touchdown total allowed to running backs. But after that, it is an absolutely brutal stretch for Josh Jacobs. Starting in Week 2 with New Orleans, only allowed seven rushing touchdowns Touchdowns to running backs last year. New England in week three, one rushing touchdown mm-hmm. allowed to running backs last yeah. year. Then Buffalo the following week, only nine rushing touchdowns allowed. At Kansas City in week five, only ten rushing touchdowns allowed to running backs by the Chiefs. And that's gonna be a flipped game script for Oakland where they're gonna be passing the yeah. ball heavily. And then Tampa Bay in week six only allowed eight rushing touchdowns to running backs. The only team to allow fewer than a thousand rushing yards to running backs. All year, we're the Buccaneers. So, outside of that Week One matchup for Jacobs against Carolina, it is five brutal games. And by then, the owner of Josh Jacobs is going to be fed up and looking to deal just in time to face the Cleveland Browns, who allowed more than 110 rushing games, 100, sorry, 110 rushing yards per game to running backs last year, and 14 rushing touchdowns. That was fourth most. Then they get the Chargers, allowed also allowed 14 rushing touchdowns to running backs last year. Just lost Derwin James for the year as well. The LA chargers and then the Broncos who weren't as generous to running backs last year, but Josh Jacobs scored twice against them in week one. So the schedule softens up big time for Josh Jacobs. So don't draft him, but trade for him in
2: October. The running back. I want to trade for in October, but don't want in September is Philip Lindsay. Hey, I love Philip Lindsay anyway. I mean, it's, mm-hmm. you know, I'm looking for excuses, but here's a pretty good one. The brutal early season schedule, Titans, Steelers, Bucks, Jets, Patriots. It's a disaster through five weeks. Now, you're the Broncos. You just signed shiny new free agent Melvin Gordon. I think they'll try to use him copiously in those five weeks, and I don't think he's going to fare very well because those are great defenses. And also, I'm not even sure Melvin Gordon's all that good. He was Pro Football Focus's 41st-ranked running back last year, well below Phillip Lindsay. Vic Fangio may come to a realization by October that Lindsay's just better and start ramping up usage. And as we discussed earlier in the show, we think the usage isn't going to be that far off of 50-50 anyway. Lindsey's an excellent goal linebacker. People think that Melvin Gordon is the for sure goal back. You're wrong. Philip Lindsey over his career, eight for eight on carries inside the five, converted to touchdowns. So I think you roll that together, the easier schedule and everything else. And I like Philip Lindsey as my October target. Let's go to the wide receiver position. Brian, who is a guy that you don't like in September, but you do like in October?
0: I'm going to lump them together if that's okay. And that's Julio Jones and Calvin Ridley of the Atlanta Falcons. The The pass catcher you want to draft now is Hayden Hurst, the tight end. Atlanta gets Seattle and Dallas out of the gate. They are two of the three teams that allowed 1,000-plus yards to tight ends last year. Wow! Now, Seattle and Dallas have been an awful matchup for wide receivers in recent years. Mm-hmm. And, and keep in mind, Seattle acquired Jamal Adams from the New York Jets. Might be the best free safety in all yeah. of football. So Seattle only allowed 12 wide receiver touchdowns all year last year. Not a lot. Uh, Dallas allowed 13. Mm-hmm. to get them in week two. Yep. Then in week three, they get Chicago, who allowed only nine wide receiver touchdowns. And then the Packers in week four, who only allowed 11 wide receiver touchdowns. This is bottom of the barrel in terms of touchdowns allowed to wide receivers in the yep. first four weeks. For Julio Jones and Calvin Ridley. But then starting in week five, they get Carolina, who allowed the fifth most yards to wide receivers last year. The Vikings then in week six.
2: Okay, but we're talking about Hayden Hurst, a tight end. No. No. Calvin Ridley, Ridley and Julio no, Jones. Jones. Are they, I'm, okay. I'm saying right.
0: the guy Sorry. you want to draft now is Hayden uh, Hurst. Out of okay. the, out uh, okay. the, out the pass of receivers. Okay. Hurst is the guy you want to start. Okay, Ridley and Julio yes. you trade for. All so right. starting in week five, it gets better for Julio and Calvin Ridley with Carolina, and then Minnesota, 18 wide receiver touchdowns allowed last year. Lost all their cornerbacks, essentially. Week 7, they get the Lions, 20 wide receiver touchdowns allowed last year by Detroit, who also lost Darius Slay, and then they get Carolina again, who I just mentioned. So yeah. four very soft games starting in week five for the Atlanta wideouts. Don't draft them, trade for them.
2: I also have a pair of wideouts. Browns wide receivers Jarvis Landry and Odell Beckham. We've talked earlier how we think the Browns are the Browns of this year are going to be the Browns everybody thought they were getting last year. They have a tricky early season schedule, and then it becomes one of the easiest the rest of the year. From October forward, there's only one game that will give you pause with Landry and Beckham, and that is a trip to Pittsburgh The other Steelers matchup is Week 17, so we don't have to worry about that one at all. Can I give you a bonus one? Please. Will Fuller. Houston starts with
3: Kansas City, Baltimore,
2: Pittsburgh.
3: Minnesota's a little bit easier, and Jacksonville's a little bit easier. But those first three weeks, and they'll be the first three weeks of September, by the way. October 1st, go get Will Fuller, because I think he's about to go off in a major way at that time.
2: All right. And Brian, let's go to the tight end position. I got Miami's Mike Gasicki, who has moved into the top 12 uh,
0: tight ends drafted. He starts at New England, who allowed four catches, 43 yards, and 0.38 touchdowns per game to tight ends last year. Only one tight end top 70 yards against New England. That was Zach Ertz. Travis Kelsey couldn't even do it. He had the second most yards against the Patriots with 66. Then Gasicki gets Buffalo in week two. Uh, He totaled eight catches for 59 yards in the two games. Mm. Against Buffalo last year, Mike Gasicki, that is. Buffalo allowed less catches, yards, and touchdowns per game to tight ends than the Patriots did. And then Jacksonville in Week 3, tight end was the one position they could defend last year. They allowed the fifth fewest catches to tight ends. So on paper, not a great matchup for Gasicki in Week 3 either against Jacksonville. But then starting in Week 4, he gets Seattle, who I mentioned earlier, one of the three teams to allow 1,000-plus yards to tight ends. Uh, San Francisco in Week 5, I don't like that as much. But maybe George Kittle will give him some good advice after the game, so that's a, <laughs> that's a plus. Uh, but then back to the good stuff in Week 6 with Denver, who allowed the 4th-most fourth, uh, fourth yards to tight ends. Uh, then the Chargers, which is a neutral matchup. Then the Rams, who allowed the ninth most yards to tight ends. And then, wait for it, we cap it off with the Arizona Cardinals Woo! for Mike Kosicki. So you definitely want to trade for him in uh, October. Don't draft him in September, though.
2: All right, The guys that I want to uh, trade for in October and don't want September, the Cardinals' tight end. Hmm. Cardinals have the fifth toughest <laughs> September schedule for <laughs> tight ends. Who's that? But then relaxes to the second easiest schedule for tight ends in October. Then it's middle of the pack in November. But who even is the Cardinals' tight end? Max Williams, I think. Is, the I the is that who you guy? want?
0: Is that the nah, guy you like? Dan Arnold, baby. <laughs> I love All right, it, just Charles. go, go, go. Just tell everybody about Dan Arnold again. <laughs> uh, one more time. Dan Arnold is the second coming of Darren Waller, basically. And this is the last (laughs) time you're going to hear it. Converted wide receiver out of Wisconsin, Platteville. uh, Drafted. or I'm sorry. Undrafted. uh, Signed by the Saints. But he was on the Arizona Cardinals last year. Didn't get any real run until the last uh, three, four games of the season. But you extrapolate his numbers, and they are eye-popping. You know, chart chart win against Dan Arnold here. Brian, you easily could have gone against Jonu Smith,
3: who starts the season With four top 12 tight end defenses Mm. in the first five weeks in Denver, Minnesota, Pittsburgh, and Buffalo in the first five weeks. Johnu Smith is a guy that you might not want to draft. Oh, no, stop that. Talk. But you might want to
2: go get him you know, in the middle of happen. October. He's going to have some inconsistent games in that stretch, and everybody <laughs> on Twitter is going to be all on me. <laughs> right, Paul, <laughs> at Paul George, you know, how do you like Janu Smith now, you loser? You know, and then watch. He is, gonna, he is going to take off after that. Do they call like you it. a loser? Well, no, pff, worse than that, it's Twitter. Wow. Absolutely. Uh, when we come back the Thursday night game. We are just days away from the start of the season. We're going to break it down fantasy style with letter grades on every player, just like we normally do. And our final set of sleepers for this preseason, find out who they are as well. Many of us still drafting. It's an opportunity to get some of these final sleeper players onto your roster. We'll tell you who they are when we come back to fantasy football weekly. Welcome back fantasy football weekly on the fan Paul Charchian from guillotine If you haven't tried a guillotine league, it's not too late to join one 17 teams start the season every week. The low scoring team of that week gets cut and their entire roster goes to the waiver wire. Pandemonium ensues bidding on those free agents. The last team standing wins it all. It's a guillotine league, the freshest new format in fantasy sports guillotine We've got a game on Thursday, guys. Hey, Charch, I wanted I, to
3: mention, Please. we have a trade offer between you and I in, in one of our uh, Empire Leagues right now, and I was about to accept this, and I wanted to see what Brian said before I hit accept. I don't remember what it is anymore.
0: He gives me T.Y. Hilton. Uh, you want me to be the meddler right yeah, now? Yeah,
3: you be the meddler because mm-hmm. <laughs> you're in the league too. I'm going to give him Johnu Smith and a second-round pick. You, after all is said and done, get I get T-
0: Hilton. Hilton. He gets no?
3: Janu in a second. What do you think?
2: Yeah, you know, I, I, I don't I even gotta... need John U. Smith, I have Travis Kelsey. This is just because I love John <laughs> Smith. That's all. So only no normal person would even offer this trade. <laughs> only the the head cheerleader of the John U. Smith fan club would offer this trade. He's convincing me to make this trade. Well, it's a stupid trade for me. I'm not even going to start John U. Smith. I've got Travis Kelsey.
0: All right, I'm hitting accept. Jonu Smith might be your best wide receiver on that team. Though. <laughs> There's something
2: to be said Or a Kelsey, that.
0: of course. Trade accepted.
2: Uh, <laughs> Thursday night, we've got a we've got a f- actual NFL football game. It's yes. A pretty good one as well.
0: Are they allowing fans in Kansas City? They
3: are. You know? Yeah, Do it's going to be like
2: some... quarter capacity, if I recall. I, I want to say something, are, something yeah. like fifteen
3: to 20,000.
2: Yep. Uh, this is going to be Houston's third trip to Kansas City in the past 12 games. So wow. they went there twice last year. Now here they are going back to Kansas City again. And they held up well both times. Uh well for a while in that playoff game, they were up 24 nothing and okay. then it all disintegrated fast. But they won the other one, didn't they? Um no. The regular season game. I don't game. believe they did. I think that you did. can take a you're not positive about that. Okay. You know, and it's funny cuz I looked at that game log pro- uh, plenty of times as we did uh research on this, but It's fantasy. Do I care who won the game? No. I cared about how the players did. Let's start with the Houston side of the ball. Deshaun Watson, in the prior two games from last year, he threw a whopping 42 and 52 times, which helped him average 330 passing yards. He also ran in three touchdowns. The Chiefs have struggled against rushing quarterbacks for a while. They allowed the second most, second most, and fifth most quarterback rushing touchdowns over the past three years. But even if he doesn't rush for a touchdown... Um, you know, the arm could beat an improved Chiefs secondary, but I don't think in necessarily in a big way. They, this was a good secondary last year. Of the last nine games of last year, including the playoffs, the Chiefs allowed just one passing touchdown per game. Really hope he gets the rushing touchdown.
3: Yeah, they did win they in did win. week six. Thank Houston went into Houston. Kansas City and won 31-24. Thank you very much. Mahomes was
2: hurt, I believe, in that game. A oh. B-grade. Uh, no. no, Mahomes played that game. Okay, a B grade He got hurt the next season. game. Be great for Deshaun Watson. Be great for his receivers, Will Fuller and Brandon Cooks. Uh, the Chiefs are going to be without marijuana enthusiast, Bashad Breeland. <laughs> By the way, that's what he calls himself. <laughs> we all got to be enthused about something. The suspended cornerback leaves Kansas City very thin at left corner. So thin that defensive coordinator Steve Spagnolo says that he might need to use a hot hand approach at cornerback. When was the last time you heard that? Never heard that. Never heard that. Um, Starter Chavarius Ward is very good, but he plays the right side of the field exclusively, so it'll be pretty easy to avoid him whenever they want to. Fuller and Cooks are going to see plenty of work with DeAndre Hopkins leaving 150 targets behind. Fuller scored in just one game last year. I had forgotten that. Just one game with a touchdown last year for Fuller. Cooks is currently non-concussed, so you can start him while you can. Uh, both players have an opportunity just because of the lack of depth at the cornerback position, a B grade for both of those guys. Staying um, with the passing game, Randall Cobb is on the bench because running out of the slot, he draws uh, Tyran Matthew, so he is dead to us. Matthews, awesome in coverage. Let's go to the running backs. David Johnson. Gets a B grade. Last year, Kansas City ranked 25th in rushing yards per game, 24th in rushing touchdowns allowed. And that front seven is basically unchanged. This team's really built to pressure quarterbacks, not stop the run. Last year, Bill O'Brien stubbornly gave Carlos Hyde 16 touches per game, despite his woeful results in Johnson should get 16 in this game, which should be enough to get him near 100 yards and a possible touchdown. If there's a goal line opportunity, David Johnson should get it. I just can't wait to see. Are we going to get fat, lazy David Johnson? Oh, We're come on. Get be these, nice. The trim, <laughs> svelte David Johnson.
3: He was a top five running back for the first five weeks last season.
2: Yeah, we'll find out. DJ's looking uh, good B, right now. B grade. He's in uh, shape. Duke Johnson. Startable grade, C grade. Ooh. Chiefs allowed the most running back receiving yards last year and the fourth most receptions. That's a lot of why I like him. Duke touched the ball just six and seven times in the two meetings last year with Kansas City, but he did score in one of those. So you're not going to get necessarily a lot of output, but hopefully the the work that he gets will end up with something substantial. Let's go to the Kansas City side. Easy A grades for Patrick Mahomes, Tyreek Hill, Travis Kelsey. I'm not going to spend a lot of time on those guys. They will probably rank at number one or close to number one on my week one rankings at their respective positions. In the two meetings last year, Mahomes threw eight touchdowns. Kelsey hammered Houston in the playoff game for 10 catches, 134 yards, and three touchdowns. And Houston's secondary last year was brutal, ranking 29th in yards allowed, 29th in touchdowns allowed, and... Bill O'Brien, GM Bill O'Brien, brought back the entire the entire secondary. It, baffling that he did not address that secondary in the office.
3: Are you saying Bill O'Brien makes a few baffling moves as the
0: GM here and there? Breaking news. <laughs> Fantasy Football Weekly has he learned. Open a restaurant called the <clears throat> Baffle House. <laughs> I'm so sorry you said
2: that. Let's go. It's been to, a long off season, all right. <laughs> Let's go to Clyde Edwards. You're not even a dad, and that was legendary. Remember, Andy Reid gave <laughs> That's this is that important. I know of. I want you to go back in the time machine to 2017, Week One. We have a time machine, Sounder. You're right, we do. Let's go.
0: And just like that. We're Welcome back to,
3: to
1: week
2: 2017. Week 1. <laughs> oh, I love the it in 2017. Are- it's so
1: much better. <laughs> <It's> great
2: here. <laughs> Little did we know how great 2017 was. It's week 1. The Chiefs are traveling to the Patriots. They are big underdogs. Andy Reid unleashes rookie running back Kareem Hunt in his first ever game. The Golden Sombrero. 21 touches for Kareem Hunt in that game, week 1. Andy Reid, it will not hesitate to use his rookie running back right off the bat. Like Hunt, Kareem, uh, sorry, Clyde uh, Edwards-Alaire is an every-down back, and I expect a healthy workload here. Houston was a bad rush defense last year, ranking 28th in yards per carry, and they could be worse this year. Houston is without last year's run-stuffing nose tackle, DJ Reader. And then they tried to sign another run-stuffing tackle, Timmy Jernigan, but he couldn't pass the physical. So now... They have to start rookie Russ Blacklock at defensive tackle, making his first start. What's more, last year, Houston allowed the second most running back receptions, the second most receiving yards, and the most running back receiving touchdowns in the league. Oh, It's all coming up perfectly for Clyde Edwards-Alaire, a terrific pass catcher. And by the way, again, in the time machine... Two thousand seventeen. Three months first game, five receptions for ninety-eight receiving yards. Oh in that my game. gosh.
3: Give me give me a projected stat line for Clyde. Just pie just, in the sky. Just
2: in this game? Yeah.
3: One thousand
2: total yards. Whoa.
3: How many touchdowns? Twenty two. It's <laughs> amazing.
2: I, he's an A grade Clyde <laughs> Edwards alaire. I think I'll use him in DFS. You might want to. <laughs> Let's go to the uh let's go to the receivers we haven't talked about Nicole Hardman and Sammy Watkins who get C grades here as really just kind of a dart throw neither did anything in in last year's two matchups but the secondary for the Texans is so bad that I think either one of them viable dart throw especially maybe in DFS uh Watkins works the slot a lot where we'll see a very ver- burnable Vernon Hargreaves I called him Vernable. Should we, should we like just that. run with that? How about burn and Hargreaves? Yeah, that's even better. Burn and Hargreaves. That's fantastic. Vern degree.
0: Yeah. No.
2: <laughs> Hargreaves allowed 48 yards and a half a touchdown in his coverage with Houston last year. Uh, we all expect Hardman to have an expanded role in 2020, and it could start right here in the opener. I think we all think Mecole Hardman will get more activity than he did last year.
0: If Sammy Watkins somehow has a big week one game. Oh, no. Especially
2: after Tyree
0: Kill gets hurt. Trade him. Trade, trade him, him, him. Immediately. Yes.
2: We all got burned on that last year. Um, in our final moments of the show here, let's go to our final set of sleepers. We've given out five shows of sleepers, 15 different players. Our final set begins here with Matt. Uh, I have Trey Burton. And Trey Burton is injured right now.
3: Yes, and the Colts yes, yes, are, are likely to put him on IR. But... <laughs> <laughs> Why am I
2: advocating for okay. him as Why a Why are you advocating for a guy he can
3: because, just pick up in a few weeks? As I mentioned before, IR is different this year. You only need to spend 3 weeks on IR and teams can bring back unlimited players from IR if your league allows IR spots. And this is specifically for leagues that do allow IR spots. Don't pick up Trey Burton if All you're right. just in a normal league. Pick him up if they allow IR spots because Philip Rivers favorite target in camp when healthy, yeah. was Trey Burton. And it wasn't that close, according to a handful of Colts beat reporters. Philip Rivers has made a ton of viable fantasy tight end one options, Antonio Gates and Hunter Henry, just in the last few years. And Frank Reich's offense uses two tight ends more than most. Plus, Burton was a big part of his Super Bowl winning offense in Philly a few years ago. Jack Doyle is also dinged up. He's missed a ton of time over the last few years. And the coaching staff views Burton as more of the Eric Ebron of this offense. And remember, we're only a year removed from Eric Ebron having 13 touchdowns for the Colts yeah. offense. So I think if Trey Burton's in that role and he comes back healthy, he could be a sneaky guy that you could slot in as they a take-a-chance-on-me kind of tight end. And he definitely will be a premature speculation in about week
2: three. All right. I, uh, Brian, who is your final sleeper for the 2020 preseason? Now, if you get sniped on Dan Arnold as your tight end, too, you don't
0: don't want to pivot to Trey Burton. What? You want to pivot to C.J. Uzoma, the Uzi out of Cincinnati. Oh, God, he's doing a Bengals thing again. always been in Tyler (laughs) Eifert's crippled shadow. (laughs) Shadow (laughs) of a body and a (laughs) cane. But Eifert's gone. C.J. Uzoma is the guy now at tight end for Cincinnati. And if you haven't noticed, they have a new quarterback coming in, Number number one overall pick, Joe Burrow. Going to massively improve that offense. The Bengals had the second easiest schedule for tight ends. Really, when it comes to strength of schedule for fantasy football, and as Matt talked about earlier in the show, outside of Tyler Boyd, there's a lot of question marks at wide receiver. AJ Green is hurt. They're not even sure who's starting between mm-hmm. other Mike Thomas, Auden T. T Higgins is C. hurt, Higgins John, hurt. Ross John Ross isn't is there, always hurt. CJ Uzoma could be the red zone target for the Bengals going into this season.
2: These are deep, deep plays right here at the tight end position. I'm going with Benny Snell. He's the running back for the Pittsburgh Steelers and arguably the wobbliest starting running back in the NFL is James Connor. His injuries are well-documented and common knowledge. You know about that. He's repeatedly proven that he can't be a workhorse back without breaking down. Last year, Pittsburgh only gave him more than 14 carries two times. And in both of those games, he got hurt when he finally came back at the end of the season. Connor was only getting five, eight, and six carries in the final three games of the season. That's it. Benny Snell locked in as the number two uh, running back for a good offense, and he started two games last year, Benny Snell did, 98 yards and 91 yards for Benny Snell. Hmm. I think he is going far, far too late, and he could end up emerging as the starting running back either due to injury to James Connor or because Benny Snell's just better than James Connor. That could be the case. Uh, Thanks for listening, everybody. If you have not yet signed up for a league and you're looking for one because you've kind of written off fantasy football, but now the juices are flowing, how about a guillotine league? Guillotineleagues.com, the freshest new format in fantasy sports and where you can get my cheat sheet for free. For those of you still drafting, you want all my player rankings for both week one and preseason drafts, guillotineleagues.com. We'll talk to you next week, everybody, for more Fantasy Football Weekly.